every living person has an innate or he wouldn't be alive. Every such has organic functions as proof that such exists within him. Every person gets innate thought flashes. Vast majorities do not realize this, therefore are not, less, are not conscious of such. The more educationally you deny, the less you can receive. The more you admit such, more you can receive. Education is considered the ne plus ultra, the most essential. It is that which he seeks, struggles, and strives to get the most of. And Nate is the silent partner, unobserved, unknown. Because education is 99% ambitions of people, they think mostly in terms of cramming more of it from outside in below upward, getting little of a Nate percolating down and through to education. By reversing that order, all would realize innate is the wholesome and reliable knowledge of all things, while education is artificial, superficial, sidetrack, counterfeit of the real you within you. Is it sensible and logical to have more faith in a spoonful of medicine from outside than the intellectual power which built your body from the inside? <clears throat> That's from B.J. Palmer's Glory Going On that he wrote in 1961. So <clears throat> what I want to share with you guys today is the question that he asked at the beginning of this chapter, which is, how does innate contact education? And the way innate contacts education is a lot of different is a lot of different factors. The first one is sometimes it does it by accident, right? You're in the shower or you're driving or you know you're sitting in class kind of daydreaming, and all of a sudden this flash comes in like this. <clears throat> one of the most important things that I have learned over the years is that when a flash comes in, that you listen to it, that you listen to that flash, that you write it down if you can or somehow or other record it in some way because that thought flash, that thing that says, like, you should do this, is probably right, right? The, the heart thing that you feel that's saying, I, I'm going this direction, also I'm, uh, go this direction. You're like, okay, if you go that direction, it's probably the right direction, right? So that's one of the first things is that pay attention to this stuff. Make sure you're always having either a notepad near you, uh, it, you know, in bed or even in the shower. We have... Oh, notes in our bathroom because I know in the middle of the shower I'm like <gasps> and then I'll just run out and I'll write something down because that's how powerful this stuff is right and the more you pay attention to it the more you will get that's the first thing but the second thing is you need to train your brains to be okay for this right you need to train your brains <clears throat> and I've had a number of students ask me about this because I mention these things all the time so I'm just going to show it to you <clears throat> these three books are must readings Right? These three books, to me, are the single most important books I've ever read in my entire life uh, that have trained my brain how to listen to innate, that have trained my brain how to be the person that I wanted to be and the person that I've become. These three books, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Think and Grow Rich, Richest Man in Babylon. They are must-reads. If you don't read them, you will just regret not reading them and then later on end up reading them. Right? So you might as well just read them, right? You can get all three of them probably on Amazon, God bless you, you get all three of them on Amazon probably for less than $20. Probably, if you really don't care when it gets delivered, you probably get them for like a penny each because all of them are, are older and you get, you get some paperback version that you don't mind, it takes two weeks to get to you. You probably get it for pennies each and then just pay the $3.99 for shipping or whatever, right? So I don't care how you get them, but these are must-reads. <clears throat> and I'm going to tell you why. George Clayson is the author of Richest Man in Babylon, George Clayson. Um, 
The Richest Man in Babylon and Think and Grow Rich are two significantly older books. Both of them written in the early 1900s um, or mid-1900s. Think and Grow Rich of all these books is probably the most important because it literally takes you thinking about the person that you think you are in terms of money and switches it. Because when I was in chiropractic school, <clears throat> I had a huge amount of student loans just like you guys do. My parents had zero means. I came, I lived in an apartment house, in a one bedroom apartment, and I lived on the pull out couch, right? I came from nothing. When I graduated, there was no office for me to go into. There was no money that my parents were gonna help fund me to get started. I was completely, totally on my own. They said I was totally out of my mind for doing what I was doing because they said, you have no business experience. You don't know what you're doing. And in, I'll tell you something. In the beginning, they were kind of right because, because my lack of business experience was there. I didn't know how to manage all these different things, right? I'd never done this before. <clears throat> I had worked in Food Town. I had worked for a home for the developmentally disabled. So I made an income, but I never knew what to do with if it was my own business, right? So how did I train myself? Think and grow rich. Think and Grow Rich. I started reading that book and it completely changed how I saw myself with money. Because in the beginning, and I bet you a lot of you feel this way right now, in the beginning when I first graduated from chiropractic school with hundreds and thousands of dollars in student loans just like you guys, you know how, my thought process was I don't deserve, I'm not worthy, who am I? Right? And I bet you a lot of you identify with that. Who am I to, to say I'm a doc, I'm 26 years old and I'm a doctor and I'm asking for money to, for new patient exams and x-rays and, and adjustments. Who am I? Right? That was my thought because that's how I grew up. God rest my parents' souls, but they grew up in, ve in very modest, very, very modest means. So they never understood what it was to, to have their own business. They never understood what it was to make this kind of money. Right? And I, so I had this huge thing I had to get past. Who am I to deserve this? Who am I to, to get this? I'm just some little guy from little town. Right? How do, how do I get to, to, to be like this? Think and Grow Rich changed that. Think and Grow Rich changed because what it talked about is having a burning desire. And when you have a burning desire, right, and you write this down, which I've been writing down for, down for years and years and years, you have a burning desire to help people, you can change your own brain, right? So neuroplasticity, right, if you want to switch gears, neuroplasticity, you don't have to have the brain you have right now. You don't have to have the mind you have right now. You can change anything you want, any thought you want, by changing it enough times into your brain. Right? It's just enough times, and, and that's what Think and Grow Rich, he was like the original guy talking about all this kind of positive thinking. He was like one of the main original people. Blast original stuff into your head. Blast positive stuff. Blast this stuff. You're always thinking negative thoughts. Even right now, I can see some in your eyes like, when well, it's Dr. Mayor, shut up. I know we have this quiz going on. And, 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 I, I hear that, right? Who's policing your thoughts? Right? You got this running train of thoughts going, this is so stupid and I hate this thing and I hate this class and I got Oscar coming up and I got boys coming up. And you got this, who's stopping this, right? Who's doing the talking anyway? You ever think about that? Who is this voice in your head that's talking, this constant stuff that shut up what you have to do? And that's what it talks about is got police your own thoughts, right? Shut your, this crazy uh, you down, like the monkey in your ear. Shut up, I'm not listening, cancel, cancel, right? It's super important to understand. So that's that thinking courage. Richest man in Babylon. I had no idea how to save money. When I was a kid, all I did was spend it, right? When I <coughs> worked for Food Town, I spent my money on two things. I spent my money on hockey equipment because I'm a hockey player. My parents did not have the money to give me uh, to, so I could buy hockey pads and sticks and stuff. So who's going to They said, you want to do this? It's your money. 
So I spent my own money on hockey equipment, number one, and I spent my own money on stereo equipment because I really wanted to listen to good music, right? Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, right? Jethro Tull, that was the kind of stuff that I grew up with. Um, so I did not understand about saving money. But when I was in my own practice, I realized I had to do this, right? And now I'm married with my beautiful wife, Lisa, and I said, we want to have a family and we want to have a house. Well, how am I going to make this happen? Richest Man in Babylon, there's a zillion different principles in it. It's a story, so it's not like a, a nonfiction book. It's more like, a, like a, a parable. Basic, fundamental, most important thing to take home from Richest Man in Babylon, live on 90% live on of your income. Right? Put 10% away. Starting when? Now. Now, 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 now. Well, I don't make any money now. Yes, you do. You have student loans. What should I do? Put, I don't care if you put a dollar away. Do something to show the universe I have abundance. And you keep on putting 10% away. I've been putting 10% away for years. In the beginning, I was like, but I'm not, you know, in the beginning, I'm, I'm saying, well, I have all these other bills to pay. But it said, pay yourself first and pay yourself 10%. You can live on 90% of your income. You absolutely can live on 90% of your income. Right? You can just figure out other things and live on 90% of your income. So by doing that, I was able to save outrageous amounts of money just by putting 10% away. And now we're saving way more than 10%. But you start with 10% or start with just a dollar if you have to. That's like the take-home thing from Richest Man in Babylon by George Clayson. And the last book, Stephen Covey. This is the most recent book. It was published when I graduated from chiropractic school in the 80s. Um, Stephen Covey has these seven habits that if you follow their exercises, it will literally change how you think. Because it talks about seven like internal habits, seven more external habits, and the last one is sharpening the saw, which is kind of making sure you're as sharp as you can be. That book was revolutionary for Felice and I. And one of my favorite things, I love talking about that particular book in Seven Habits, is begin with the end in mind. Begin with the end in mind. So forgetting about, like right now, most of you guys are pretty young, especially this class is actually a pretty young class. Most of you guys are pretty young, so you guys are thinking very short term. You know, I just got to get the hell out of school. And, you know, that's, that's like, your, you know, parking is so bad. And, you know, that's what the, that's your, all your short term, you know, <laughs> things is, is about that kind of stuff. What I'm asking you is, and what he asks you to do is at the end, think of what, you're, what you want someone to say about you when you pass. When, it, when you live for 90 or 100 or 150 years or however long you want to live, what do you want someone to say at the end? And then live that life, right? Live the life that you say you want to be remembered as. Live that life now, right? Are you living that life now? And it's not the, the, what you want the people to say at the end is not like, wow, he made a lot of money, <laughs> you know? Or, boy, did he have a lot of patience. You know, boy, what a fancy house and great car he drove, right? That's not what you want to be remembered by. You want to be remembered by, you know, wow, what a great, loving, kind person he was. What a, an amazing teacher he was. What a great husband and father, you know, and chiropractor he was. He, you know, s sacrificed so many things to make sure that the message got out. That's the kind of stuff that I want people to say about me, right? So live that life, right? So when you take these three books, The Think and Grow Rich, which is about burning desire, Richest Man in Babylon, which is paying yourself first, and Seven Habits, which is like beginning with the end of mind, you put those three things together, you, this is how you change your brain, right? This is how you change your brain. And so many people are, and I'm always mentioning these books, but I never really talked about them at length like this. So many people want to know, what can I do right now to prepare myself for when I graduate? Aside from going to classes and doing well, and aside from doing all the things that you know you have to do, there's other things that you don't know you have to do, but I think you have to do, right? 
And one of those things is you gotta prepare your brain. Because I'm telling you, when you graduate, it's a hell of a different ball game, right? It's a hell of a different ball game. It is not the same. Going to school, and every couple of weeks you have a test or a quiz or whatever, and then every couple of weeks you have a fine, God bless you, final exam. Every, so it's very easy to like, you can sort of like coast, and then cram, and then coast, and then cram. In real world, that don't work no more. Right? In real world, there's a test every day. Every day, every day. There's something that's going on every day. There's blind signs that's gonna hit you upside the head every day, every day, right? And you best be prepared. So last week we talked about the mental preparation, right? With meditation, right, and breathing exercises. This week we talk about other mental preparation, about reading books that are giving to you what you need, right? Like that are feeding you. That, and that's what this whole thing is, is about, is how, how are you feeding yourself? What are you doing to feed yourself to make sure that you are the best person you can be when you graduate, right? That's my goal for you guys. I don't want you guys struggling when you graduate. I don't want you guys fumbling around and not knowing. I want you guys running out of the starting gate like you are an Olympic athlete and you want to tear yourself down to that finish line. Not, you know, yeah, I guess I'm out of here now. What should I do? Maybe I should associate. Maybe I should have thought about this before, right? That's the worst. I hear that all the time from students who've graduated and I see them, you know, different places and they're like, yeah, I really should have kind of put more effort into it now, right? I should have used this as a training ground. I should have considered myself like an Olympic athlete and this is like Colorado Springs and I'm training the heck out of myself so when I get out of here, I'm ready to leap, you know, not ready to train, right? The training, of th that portion of training is done, different training after that, right? So use this time very wisely. These three books, probably one of the wisest things you can do.